We are I. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of We Are I. We're sitting down with Lucy Lampy today. Uh, she's from San Diego, boss mom of four kids. Uh, she started the Sexy Mama movement about four years ago, and it's just on fire, and she's killing it and doing an amazing job. She's an author of four books. Uh, sexy Mama is kind of the standard, so I'm going to list them down, but there's always Sexy Mama. Self-Mastery Planner, Sexy Mama Redefining You, Mom Life and Mom Boss, The Sexy Mama Manifesto, A Bold Unfiltered Guide to Sexy Mama Living, and The Sexy Mama Morning, Wake Up to Your Sexy Mom Life. Uh, She's also a biohacker, and this is what originally really drew me into looking into Lucy's profile, because anytime somebody puts biohacker in there, I'm in 100%. Got to check them out. Uh, Lucy has her bachelor's in science, in exercise science, and she's a wellness advocate to people online and in her community. So welcome to the show, Lucy. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I'm excited because this is the first time that I've actually ever done one of these out of all of them that's happened remotely. So um, just those for doing this by Zoom and... Um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited because there's a lot of lot of new lot of new things that are happening here today. Um, I haven't had the opportunity of really having somebody on to who's just you know big into biohacking and has the, like the education to be able to back it up too. So a lot of first, and I hope we can go down some pretty wicked rabbit holes just to be able to. See. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. And yeah. can you hear that leaf blower? I don't know. No, I can't actually. You never know when they're coming. Okay, good, good, good. That's all right. Check. Life's not perfect, and that's the one thing why the night <laughs> real. We are I podcasts too, because you know sometimes conversations have their breaks and their pauses, and some crazy person walks by yelling, or there's a leaf blower in the background, and um, life doesn't always. Perfect, right? <laughs> our kid walks in. <laughs> yeah, our kid walks in. Like, oh, that one happened. Yeah, <laughs> fix my um, Legos. Why don't you tell tell us a little bit about some of your books to begin with? Because you know, four books. Like, what? When did you start writing the first one? When was the last one published? Like four books. That's that's quite the accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. And so my very first one I published. Uh, this is quite the story. So three and a half years of writing and just throwing ideas down. I had about sixty thousand words put together, and I just didn't know how I was going to bring this thing to life. I was talking to my, my, at the time, talent manager about finding a, a book agent and all this stuff. And it just didn't, nothing really felt right. Like my heart wasn't really going that route. So anyway, long story short, in um, 2017, in January, January 1st of 2017 is when my first book, I self-published it, but I actually scrapped everything I wrote. And I sat down and I wrote what ended up being in the book in 20 days. So I just kind of like hunkered down. And, it, and just like poured it out. Um, the what other two made that decision, like why did you decide to scrap the one you spent so much time writing and obviously invested a lot of physical and emotional time into it? Yeah. Well, it was when I would look through it, it just didn't really grab me. It felt very um, like a, like a manual, like eat this, don't eat that. You know, like, fats are not bad. Fats are your friend. And like, <laughs> this isn't really the message that I want to portray. I really wanted to dig more into the uh, emotional work and the beliefs and mindset stuff. And um, I, I didn't, I, my writing has evolved since then, even in last year, the, the two books, the manifesto and the one about mornings, those two actually connected with people even more because even though they were much more condensed, um, they came more from a personal, you know, telling my uh, my story and talking about my pains and, and what got me to that point and the things that helped me through that. So it wasn't so much about do this, don't do that. It was like, here's the real stuff that happened. And then here's how I got through that. And here are the principles. And um, this is what being a sexy mama is about. And then uh, the, the, the planner, I actually just released in January of this year. So that is a tool that helps 
kind of put all the pieces together that my clients use and that I personally use every day. So that's kind of the short version of that. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that you, you went with that too, because I find the more clinical the information, you know, even if somebody has a lot of personality when they're writing a book like that, like you need to be able to, if you have the personality to support it, you need to give that as a presentation. Then it's like that right. information is just so much easier to absorb because it's like you can add your life to it. So, you know, like rewriting, yeah. we're finding that down. Like I, I definitely see why it became more successful. And even the condensed versions that, you know, tie everybody into like your personal story and like your struggles, because it's the one thing that I actually really don't like about the fitness industry is how, you know, like people in our positions, they want to be put on pedestals like that. These like everything's perfect for them and that all these people should follow that. And, you know, setting them up for failure because when they don't meet that expectation, you know, like they just feel like the whole cookie is going to crumble. But um, yeah. I try my best to live it every minute of every day, but like it doesn't happen, you know, and I yeah. always call that to people first. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still human. We all have our temptations. We all have our weak moments. And those things are just a natural part for the course. We're just trying to limit those interactions, right? Yes. And to really come from a uh, vulnerable place because that's where we can truly connect with people. Not like, hey, look, I'm this awesome person. I got all my stuff together. Um, but also when I wrote the manifesto, I really put myself out there in terms of uh, uncensoring myself. You know, uh, are you familiar with Brene Brown? No, feel me. Work? Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. Okay. She's one of my favorites, all time favorites. Um, if hold you, on. Hold if, on. I just seen a shiny thing. What is on your hand? Oh, there we go. oh, you haven't seen this. This is a tattoo. Oh, yeah. This is going to be this on a rabbit oh, hole for sure. Crazy. The, yeah, I wish people could see this. Too. It's a barcode that says end slavery. Yes. Crazy. Yes. This ties everything in together for me, but I got this um, uh, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'll, I'll tell you more it. about that. All of this is related. Um, yeah. But well, actually, <laughs> the way that that ties into this is that I – I really wanted to free myself. I wanted to let myself outside the box. And when Brene, she's all about, you know, uh, she, she called herself a storyteller, a shame researcher, which is really fascinating. Think about it. Yeah. And she has this viral TED talk about um, vulnerability. And um, really it's just getting real with people. And she talks about how a lot of times praying and cussing go, you know, if you're real, you know, those two happen together at the same time. I said, okay, I can connect with that. I get that. Yeah. So I allowed myself to really get into my feelings and get into my heart and, and put myself back in that place where I was going through all this stuff. And, um, because, and we're always going through new stuff, you know, it doesn't, we don't just like make it. Um, but I got real and I said the things that people, you know, are thinking, but they don't want to say. And that is, I think what really connected with people. Um, what is, what's that I got. a moment that like, used to imprison you that is actually has liberated you now that you've been able to talk about it and just you freed yourself of that oh my god there are so many oh i know the one okay this this one was really big so i've been married for a little over 12 years and um when my husband and i first got married we were in college we were in college when we got married and we decided that we were gonna wait you know five to ten years to have kids and uh, he was in the military. He wanted to go into special ops and maybe become a SEER instructor and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I, I wanted to be a singer and an entertainer. Um, both of us just very not self-aware. <laughs> a, a lot of moving pieces there. Um, but I had a lot of fears. I was afraid that I was going to lose him. I was afraid that he was going to die or something. He was just very reckless and crazy and and no, no regard for like, you know, something might actually happen to me. He was the invincible person. So I thought, I want to have babies with this person. I want to have a family with this guy. And I don't know if he's going to, if like, this is still going to be happening in five to 10 years, or if he's going to be gone. Like, what's my greatest fear. And there's so much deeper that I could go into that, um, where that came from and how I discovered it and, and broke through and all that stuff. But Feel free, like you don't need to limit it unless if you just want to skim past it. Like that's a personal choice up to you. But if you want to get into it, like feel, feel free to get into it. Yeah. Oh, that could take the whole time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the condensed version. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, 
when my, when my parents got divorced, I was um, 14 and my mom remarried just about, let's see, eight months later. And um, I didn't really have the time to process what had happened. I, I saw my father um, uh, try to hurt himself, try to commit suicide and seeing him in the hospital bed. Next thing I know, he's being dragged off to, to Lima. I'm from Peru. And, um, and he was put in a, in a, in a, a place that would help him with drug rehabilitation. Um, so, so going through all that stuff and then going straight into now my mom's married to this American guy who's from Kentucky and my whole world is upside down. I just threw myself into activity and accomplishment. And I, I felt like I needed to prove myself, you know, like I, I needed to prove my worthiness and, and that had so much pain just like stuffed away. So when I went to college and I met my husband, I mean, I, I loved hanging out with the guys, you know, and kind of casually dating. Like I would make out with them, but nothing else. And I made out with a lot of guys in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> like so many guys. In the meantime, my you husband. Back, I know you're like huge win, right? It's just like, that's where like the, the line of the set was. Yeah. I'm like, this is all you get. This is yeah. it. <laughs> like I have to leave now. This is, I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is where it ends. Um, my husband has not kissed another woman or another girl. Like I'm, I was the first the first girl that he ever kissed. Oh, so cool. he teases me about that. He's like, you had all these boyfriends. You dated so many of my friends. And I was just- Yeah, but everybody to... else deals with like their partner being like, yeah, you know, I slept with like five, 10. Right. Usually <laughs> guys like he's got that. Baby. I'm like, I met, I slept with no one, but I hope I didn't get herpes. And so, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he jokes about that. He tells her, oh my God. So oh, we just I, blame it on him though. That'd be the that'd be the funny <laughs> part. Like he's like, what the You're hell? You're the one. Say, but it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Somebody you drank out of somebody's cup. Yeah. Mm. But um, I I really wanted someone to make me their their everything. And I and I found that in him. He he was like the the romantic who just wanted a woman to love and do everything for her. And I was looking for that. And we were these two like broken half-hearted you know not wholehearted people that were extremely codependent and a lot of stuff did not work out in the, in, along the way as you can imagine but one of one of those things you know I, I those fears that I kept to myself that I didn't communicate to him was how afraid I was of losing him and I was on birth control when we got married um I I experienced some kind of weird thing it might have been an early miscarriage I I don't know for sure at that time. And I was scared, you know, I, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I really want to be a mom. But instead of talking to him about my fears and what I wanted and all of that, I didn't know what to do with that. Um, I just stopped taking my pills and I got pregnant. Mm. And I didn't tell him about this for years. I mean, it was uh, not that long ago. Let's see. It's, it was about two and a half years ago that I, that I told him. And we had, we had four kids already at the time. And our oldest was, I think she was nine. And, um, it was like a, like dropping a bomb, you know, but that set me free so much to, to tell him because I, I carried so much shame of lying to him for so many years, so much that I like, I completely blacked out of my memory for about five years. I forgot that I'd even done that. Um, like who does that? You know, what kind of woman tricks her husband into having a kid because she's afraid? Um, come to find out actually, a lot of people have shared with me that they've done the same thing and they were just, that's what I was going to say. Really shitty about it. Yeah. I think you're, you're condemning yourself in a forum that's actually um, quite common. Like yeah. I think that that happens quite a bit, you know, like, women getting pregnant out of fear of, you know, losing somebody or, you know, saying they're already pregnant, you know, I think situations. Right. Yeah. Frequently, right. Yeah. But see the thing, the thing with that is that it completely lacks um, integrity without the acknowledgement. And even though I'd acknowledged it to him, actually, we were both in this uh, four day transformational training about a year and a half ago and it came out. No, this was just a year ago. 
holy smokes, a lot has happened in just a year. Last February, he kind of let it slip in front of this group of 20 people that I had done that. And I was like, what the hell, dude? You know, like this was our secret. But then I realized, you know what? I need to set myself free for real because the way that I became a mother is based on, was, was a lie. And here I have this whole movement for moms. How can I lead this with integrity if I don't acknowledge this? So I actually went and did a, a Facebook live video, which was the scariest thing I'd done. And I shared it with everybody. And I was just, this is me, you guys. Like I did that. I did the thing. I did it. And it's not about, I wish I could go back and change it. I don't want to change it. But now I know, now I have these tools and the self-awareness to when I'm afraid or when I have something come up or surface, I, I'm better equipped to handle it. And um, I just had no idea then, you know? But anyway, so that really set me free because I felt like I could be really authentic with all of these moms that I was coaching, that I was leading, that I was working with and seeing. And um, yeah, so that set me free big time. That's the biggest one that comes to mind. You know, and we all have like those, those moments in life where, you know, where it's like that. And, and, you know, I think like as we grow and I noticed mine, especially after becoming like a father, like the more that you can be honest with those environments, the better, because then when we're talking to our children about that, it actually mm -hmm. is coming from a lot better of a place. You know, I think yeah. like we still harbor those kind of thoughts and feelings like inside of ourselves, like it's hard. And, you know, and I even find like the industry that, you know, the two of of us are trying to pioneer in, you know, like when we're also harboring those things inside, it's hard to even be the person that we want to be personally and professionally. So like there's yeah. all avenues that are just like corruption to the foundation of that integrity, right? Where, you know, it's like mm -hmm. example we want to set for our children and, you know, like the, the one we're talking to clients and friends and family about, you know, how to be, you know, have like stress management or, you know, like to be, have your life under control and, you know, be positive. Like we need to have like that feeling inside us where just like, there's this, beacon of light inside that says I'm coming from a good place when I communicate this message right yeah and that we are who we say we are and, and and looking back when I really started to get this concept of what integrity actually is um these last couple of years it has been life-changing because really at the end of the day people want to know can I trust you like are you who you say you are or are you do you have some kind of ulterior thing going on or are you like hiding what's what are you hiding and and it's not something that people are going to be outwardly outright suspicious about but you kind of you know you you can you can sense how much integrity someone has by how they show up because without integrity we don't have power you know and that certainty in ourselves because lack of integrity disintegrates our certainty in ourselves so just that one like break in integrity which is a big one there are so many others um, coming clean and acknowledging and not just sweeping it under the rug. Cause like, well, you know, it happened back then. That was, that was this many years ago. No, no, it, it really um, unlocks a lot of power when we acknowledge even the old stuff um, as it comes up, you know, not sit there and dwell on the past, but you know, like recently I just started um, getting back into the music industry and writing, I'm writing an album right now too. And um, for me to just go back and acknowledge to my husband how seven years ago when I took a step away, I, I didn't make it. It didn't work out. And it's obvious. But for me to say, you know what, you guys sacrificed so much for me to do that. And I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't get there. I was kind of aimless and wondering about it. And so just kind of cleaning up that mess so that we can start this new chapter with that, all of that baggage. And sometimes it takes that time too, right? You know, where, you know, you might not even fully recognize it until you decide to get back into it where you're just like, yeah. Oh, you know, like you have like those moments where you're sitting there and you're, you're writing and you're like, wow, you know, like my family did give up a lot for me to be able to have this opportunity, you know? And, you know, that's where I find that I probably judge myself the most is where I feel like I should have come to those conclusions sooner mm. but because it is like, you know, it's not only, it not only helps me as a person, but it helps like everybody around me in my day too, you know, and it's just like yeah. everybody that opportunity to, you know, let bygones be bygones or let the past be the past or like everybody just feel the cleanse and move on. And, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of what you were touching on before about integrity, like I, 
I feel like not only do those situations bring integrity to us as an individual for sure, but I feel like that's also where people attack other people on too when they're when they don't have integrity and they just want to yeah. laugh out, you know, at other people because of that, especially when people are coming from a place where they perceive to be strength. Because mm-hmm. those strong people do have that integrity. And I feel like that's whether we recognize it or not, that's where a lot of that that attack value comes from. Yeah, those disconnections is because like you are a mirror of me and everybody around me is a mirror of me. So if my husband is triggering me and something that he does, like, like he's on his phone a lot and, and he's not present with the kids, you know, and I'm triggered by that. It's like, okay, I do that. Like that's me too. Mm -hmm. And I haven't accepted and worked through that part of myself. Not, and like you said, you know, there's always an impact when you don't get things sooner and you feel like you should get there faster or you should have already got this before, but it is a process and it's a constant work in progress and you can't rush that. But if you really see the impact of it, then you can make a really powerful commitment from this point forward. Yeah. And we're subject to so many of those environments now too, right? You know, especially I like for us, I we're on like the, like the teeter and bring the fulcrum point of really kind of understanding how to be able to subject to those environments repetitively and on like an ongoing basis, you know, where like our parents, you know, they might've only had to face that reality maybe like once or twice in their life and then come back full circle to try to come to a healthy spot, you know, because of it. And, you know, like our grandparents, it it may have been once and our great grandparents, it definitely probably was once, you know, like, like now we have to navigate through these things all the time because, you know, like, yes, it's phones now, but you know, like what about when people are starting to walk around in more of like, you know, augmented reality and, you know, people are like goggles, mm. like, okay, well you're with us in the house physically, but you're not even like with us at all. You know, like there's all these little yeah. challenges that are going to keep, you know, creeping up with as like technology and like us as a species evolve. Right. So um, it yeah. is tough to be able to come closer with that because our minds just aren't even processing those situations because they're all new. Like nobody's yeah. all these ways for us and we have to come back around to them. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really at the root of all that, if, if we're just, if we, get clear on what it is that we want and not just run on autopilot all the time. Um, Because if I'm sitting there and I'm doing something, I'm responding to an email and what I really want to be doing is spending those 10 minutes with my kids before moving on to the next thing, instead of beating myself up and be like, ah, I messed up again. Like I'm doing this stuff again. Just say, okay, is this what I want? No, it's not. All right. Let's like, just shift directions. Let's pivot and, and, and not like get sucked into the whole thing. Cause we're on automatic. So, and I find it is tough with kids, especially, you know, like with all like between you and I, like our kids are so young too, right. Where, you know, mm-hmm. like these are like all the years where, you know, we realize how fast they go by and like, just, you know, much as your kids might be a little bit more independent than, you know, mine, um, you know, but like, I see them getting there quickly. And it's tough yeah. because you know, like, I'm like, is this one email or, you know, like, is this like social media post or, you know, this interview or this, that, the next thing, like, are these things really more important than like these first, you know, five years with my child? You know, it was like when my oldest got to kindergarten, like I had, I was not prepared for that moment, like whatsoever. And yeah. like now I'm like, I, as much as I feel like a part of her life, I'm like, I, I'm not really a part of your life like at all. Like you're gone all the time. You know, so like my youngest, you know, like, you know, my middle child who like just started preschool, like I kind of see that mm-hmm. happen. Um, but like in my mind, I always try to, you know, be aware of those situations and stuff too, and just kind of deciding like, what is the most important, like where we should be allocating, even like our emotional time, right? So yeah, yes, yes, totally that. And it's so much intention. Like my, my um, middle schooler, she'll come back and uh, I'll pick her up and she'll just have so much on her heart. But really to ask the questions that'll get her to open up instead of just like, how was school today? Sometimes she'll just gush it out. I'm like, oh, I'm like my, my friend was mad at me and my teacher. Blah. But you know, it's, it's that daily connection. Everybody wants to have that connection. How do you feel with being a mom of daughters and, you know, being in the fitness industry, like, you know, obviously being like aware of like, you know, like fitness, you know, like nutrition, you know, like your body, um, like, how do you see your daughters and, you know, like, just like your whole family, like, how does that dynamic work? 
Um, like their relationship with the how they see themselves and, and something like that. Yeah, how they like see themselves and how they see you navigating that. Like, um, has it been a stumbling process or has it been pretty streamlined? You know, I would have to say that has. And I think, you know, we were recently talking about this, my husband and I, um, because he'll joke, he'll joke and be like, oh, I'm getting fat. You know, he's just his joke. He has like 5% body fat. It's ridiculous. But but he'll, he'll see that, you know, he eats some ice cream and be like, oh, I'm getting fat. And, <laughs> and I know, <laughs> and then the girls, our older girls, you know, they're, they're 10 and 11. Um, they'll kind of, you know, say, do you think, do you think I'm like a little bit, there's like a little too much here? I was like, no, you're, you're a kid. You know, I asked him, you know what? Have you ever heard mommy say I'm fat? Like ever, ever. And they thought about it and they said, no, we haven't. Even after I had two more babies, I get, it's just modeling this um, relationship with my body that it changes. And I, I always love it. And I, I am committed to taking care of it. And, uh, whenever I've set a, a goal for myself, it's never been like, I'm going to be this weight. It's like, okay, I want to feel this way. And I want to have confidence in myself and I want to feel energized and I want to, you know, be able to do the things with my body in my life that I want to do. I want it to support that. Like my body is not the um, focus of my life. It's there to serve me. And so they get to see that. And the same with my husband too. He's, he's the same way with his body. And so um, I think that's just been more of a natural thing for them. Um, our biggest struggle has been more on the emotional side because when they were little, the age of our two littlest right now, uh, we were very, very strict with them and we didn't really let them have a lot of emotions. Um, like it was just, we couldn't handle it. It was too much. Um, they were too big of a mirror to us, you know, all the stuff that we just didn't know then. And so we would shut them down and, and they didn't, you know, their kids, they didn't know what to do with that. So these last, this last year and a half, especially we've been working with them very diligently about connecting with their hearts and how they really feel and not just justifying, I should be okay with this because at least this didn't happen to me, but they're actually hurting inside. You know, so to be able to actually connect with people, that's, that's really been our biggest, um, our biggest thing, but physically, um, yeah, I guess I, I'm, I'm not sure. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. You know, and I think it just kind of brings up like a good conversation that like I try to have with people continually all the time. And it's something you just touched on and, you know, I feel like, you know, you and I would connect so well and, you know, you and your husband and I would all connect so well, um, is because, when you look at your body as being more of a tool than an image, then mm -hmm. I feel like that that's where our industry needs to go. And I feel like that we have the social responsibility, you know, to be able to keep communicating that message, not only to, you know, friends, family members, clients, you know, but also especially to our kids, you know, because, yeah. they, you know, they're growing up in such a vain world. And, you know, when I look at like what really makes me feel good in my, my, body wise has absolutely nothing to do with how I physically look, you know, like mm. my like best performing moments, like my body's just been like average at best. And yeah. you know, when I, you know, make those kind of connections and, you know, that's the reason why I started getting way more into like the biohacking side of it nutrition wise, because I just realized that my body, it doesn't play as vital a role as what I used to think it did. You know, it's more like my mind, you know, like my emotional state, how I process information, how yeah. clearly I'm thinking and knowing that it's like, why wouldn't I want to instill that in my children instead, you know, but even like all mm -hmm. the people around me, but there's just like health and fitness when it just turns solely about vanity and that's what it's being all about It's caused more mental health issues than it's cured, even though that physical activity, yeah. like one of the best antidepressants out there, we all know that it changes people's mm -hmm. lives for the better, but then it gets to this, this apex of, okay, well, I'm healthy, but now I have mental health issues. And, you know, like just mm. like these insecurities that it generates around us. And, you know, where, um, you know, so a friend of mine asked me the other day about what I'm insecure about my body. And, you know, I'm like, I really don't have anything that I'm insecure about my body because I've let all that stuff go. You know, where like, you know, 
stacking me like there might be guys with you know a more ripped six pack than me or can lift heavier than me you can run faster than me but um like i always try to say especially to my girls and everybody in my community all the time that you know like performance to me is just like as me an individual i don't show up in an event to win it i show up just to know that i can personally just dominate it for myself you know like yeah, yeah tough, but i can just like i can do it and you know like that's the best part about it to me and i'm i'm really happy that like you and your husband are also following that same lines i think there's more people in our positions that need to be doing that yeah you you know what another thing something that um you said how those insecurities that we find in, in our body so in our physical state are just a reflection of something deeper um so i don't remember if i told you this before but my husband he had um he went through a couple of years of uh, depression when he um started experiencing all this inexplicable pain um he'd always had nerve pain ever since as long as i've known him but he thought it was from military stuff or repetitive hammering when he was doing construction in high school with his dad you know things like that um but it just wasn't healing. And he was always in this mindset of, you know, my body heals itself. I just got to let it rest, let it heal, um, eat, eat healthy, anti-inflammatory. The guy hasn't had cake in like nine years. Okay. So he's, he's very committed to taking care of his body. But during that time, his body just wasn't healing. It wasn't, it wasn't getting better. And months, a year went by, he started going to the VA. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. He had all these scans, MRIs, things done an unnecessary surgery that didn't fix anything. It just made it worse. And then he was diagnosed with this nerve thing, this genetic nerve pain thing. And um, some unusual condition, but basically he lost his identity because he couldn't do with his body what he had been used to doing. And he realized how much of his identity he had put in his body because he was always the crazy guy who could do crazy stuff with his body, do the backflips out of nowhere and like do, you know, 10, I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating, a six foot vertical jumps at least. He did some crazy, crazy stuff, but it revealed so much of the deeper, you know, not feeling like he was enough, um, those, those big insecurities. And it gave him the opportunity to really, um, dig into that. And then in the last, um, how long has it been since last January, things have really been turning around since his mindset really, really shifted and he had this huge transformative experience. Um, his body's not in the way anymore. It's supporting him again. So anyway, it's just interesting because that all like ties in, you know, it's, I used to think this is my body stuff. This is my emotional stuff. Um, this is my creative stuff, but everything affects each other. Like it all affects the other. And, um, if we just take the time to look into where does this show up in this area of my life? Is this really, really insightful? See, and you know, like, and I, where I kind of, you know, came to like a rough same conclusion there for myself too, is just realizing how all those environments, you know, like they're so cohesive is, you know, I've never, um, I've never connected with sports out of anger, like which a lot of people mm, yeah, yeah. run hard because I'm feeling the beast and I'm trying to kill it. And like, I've never, yeah. I've never been like that. So I never really understood that. And I actually thought that, athletically I was missing something because mm -hmm. it just wasn't like that um and then it was like one day when I was like hitting the heavy bag and I'm like I'm okay I'm like I'm gonna get angry at this I'm just and, I'm, and like it all almost like slowed me down and made it harder for me and I'm like well that doesn't like work like at all so like I would intentionally try to get myself all worked up and then just kind of start like like testing it like de like does this help but it never does because there's never a free enough moment where you can just be. And like, I find like performance is always just like letting yourself be and like kind of all those, like, you know, your, your mental state, your emotional state, your physical state, where they're just kind of, they just coexist in a very like transient like form. And yeah, it's kind of like they're going through it. And I really try to live my life every day like that because like, you know, obviously mm -hmm. athletics is not that much different than everyday life, you know, and that's yes. where your husband's got it where it's like those, those, you know, cohesive environments have just, you know, married instead of there being like this, you know, absolute transient stage, like they're, they're together now. And it seems like he's a lot more free of that. Yeah. And, and really it's living in a, 
a state of flow. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was just posting about this earlier, how when you're in flow, as opposed to just going with the flow mm-hmm. or grinding, you know, cause neither of those work for me personally. If I'm just going with the flow, I'm like, la da da, let's see if life works out. Maybe somebody will hand me something that I want and it'll just like, ah, make my dreams come true. That's what I was missing when I was doing music because I was waiting for, waiting for someone to discover me. Like I'd put myself out there and get some awards and I'd get on some shows and things like that. But I wasn't really committed. I was just interested and I wanted somebody to give it to me. You know, so that, I mean, just going with the flow doesn't work for me. Grinding this whole, like, oh, I just got to make it, force it to happen. Like go and get it. It also doesn't jive with me. So then what I've discovered really works for me is living in that flow state. It's like people can call it being in, in, in your zone, being in the zone, um, in your sweet spot, whatever, however they define it. But it's like this, this place where you're being, you're being first, like it comes from who you're being. And because you're being that person, you're doing this stuff, it feels almost effortless. Like you lose track of time. It can spend hours writing or, or, or performing or um, working on a song or, or whatever I'm doing. And it doesn't feel like it's been that long. It's like this weird, weird dimension or something that we're it's in like, the brains. Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, when I get out of my own way, that's when I'm in my flow state. When I get in my own way, it just, like I set up my own like roadblocks and my own barriers. And that's like one thing I've really noticed. And that's like where you say like flow state, it's that to me is where like, I just feel like the most at peace it, you know, it's a lot to even like how we ended up doing this, like just think how organic, like this whole, all the transactions happen to allow us to the point where we're having this zoom conversation today. You know, yeah. where it's like, you know, there was nothing kind of really forced about it. You know, like your post popped up on, you know, my Facebook and I'm like, Hey, this is somebody that I'd be super interested in talking to. I reach out to you. It just kind of happens, right? Like it was just, it was easy. Yeah. It was effortless. But if I would have sat through Facebook digging and digging, trying to find these people, like I would just gone <laughs> in my own way. It's like, yeah. I can't find anybody or these people aren't reaching back out to me. Like it would just, but it, everything just, happening because I wasn't standing in the own my own way of the things that I wanted yes and see that's the thing okay so I'm really uh, this has been on my mind a lot lately so much because um when I started promoting the ketones with prove it I, I was like okay I'm committed to this thing I'm gonna make it happen I'm gonna do it and I just approached it from a whole different space than I'd been doing with my clients and with this movement and with my books and it just didn't feel like me you know, but I was like, no matter what, I'm going to make it happen. And it just felt like this forceful grind, like, okay, I'm like, I got a message like 50 people today. And then where does that get me? You know, it, a little bit of results, but at what cost? And then at what cost in my relationships? So I had to, I, I quickly had to course correct there. Um, but I've been thinking about how if we simply, like, it's really not that complicated. If we just listen to that little voice inside that tells us, you know, hey, you know, go to that meeting, go talk to that person, put up that post, make that request, write that email. And we actually, you know, we get out of our own way. We get that fear and that, oh my, what if they say no? What if they reject me? What if somebody doesn't like it? And we just don't listen to that voice. And instead we listen to the, you know, the voice and I think uh, um, that's really the purest and deepest form of integrity because if we're in integrity with ourselves, we're following that. And then we're in this flow where it almost doesn't even, it really doesn't make sense. Like I manifested this house that we live in. People can call it manifested or just getting clear on what you want and then saying yes when it shows up. Because if you don't even know what you want in the first place, there's really no chance that you're going to get it. But knowing what you want and then following that voice and showing up, it's, it's simple. And so I make think it like so hard. Real, yeah. And like a real primal perspective of that is too, is, you know, you think like maybe 150, 200 years ago. And then like every year before that, depending on how long you think we've been here for, 
like you did, you had to like listening to that inner voice was just like, I'm going to die if I don't get out of bed or my cave or whatever and go find something to eat or, you know, kind of like live where that was listening to like that, what we call that inner voice now. Like there's just so much static noise around us. It's hard to be able to connect with that, you know, but if you just like in our days now, you know, getting out of our own ways and it's like, yes, I should send that email. Like, oh yes, I should reply to that Facebook post. You know, like, yes, like all these kind of things. I do feel, I, I agree with you. That's when I'm my most successful too is, you know, just living like purely in the seconds, not even like mm-hmm. in the moments where it's like, you know, if I feel the connection to doing something, I just do it. And then I'm happier as a person. And I feel like that energy just gets sucked in by everybody else too. But again, just yes. like forcing it, just it, it toxifies my environment is living up to like other people's expectations of what's going to make me successful or how I should live my life or like what other people's expectations are on their own life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I can make things pretty simple for myself in my days, even though my days mostly are like 15, 18 hour days, but they feel like 10 seconds. I love every moment of them. And I do them like seven days a week because it's just every second of it. I enjoy you know, but yeah. I notice when those people come in where it breaks their mold, you know, or like I'm living a totally different mold. Like those are the moments that make it hard on me in life. And I always question it. It's like, mm. you know, more people do need to just kind of listen to like what's ultimately going to make them happier, whether it's not going to make yeah. them yes, but you know, afford yourself the opportunity just to be able to get out of your own way, you know, cause we all have those yeah. people in our life that are you know, we're not living up to their expectation of what life should be, or, you know, it's just different than theirs, or, you know, they had come from a more envious standpoint. But um, I, I, it's been a refined process for me, but just trying to really sit down and say, okay, well, it's fine the way that other people want to perceive me and what I'm doing isn't wrong, or what I'm doing, it may be Mm -hmm. very different than what most people are doing. But I find so much peace and joy in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, you know, you're operating from inspiration instead of obligation. And um, there's another coach named Michael Neal. Um, What was it? Oh, he had an audio. I don't know if it's available anymore, but it was called Effortless Success. And he's got a couple other great books. Like one of them is called Super Coach. And it's just like, you know, it operate from inspiration, not obligation or desperation. And when you do that, it just feels effortless. You might be, quote unquote, working all day, but it doesn't feel like a grind. It doesn't feel like you're toiling away. And we equate work, you know, with like drudgery. But really, if we're we're doing work that's meaningful, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that work that we that, you know, we is true to us. And so what I'm hearing you say when you're explain when you're describing that is that you're you're living and taking action from inspiration. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that everybody's definition of meaningful is very much different. Yeah. You know, like where I think, you know, too, like we kind of get boxed into these concepts of what like meaningful is, like meaningful, you know. I have like a six figure job or meaningful. I have a house or meaningful, you know, I do volunteer work in my community or meaningful. Mm -hmm. I have two kids or, you know, but like there's such different quests and, you know, like the more, you know, civilized quote unquote that we get, or the more Western culture kind of takes over it robs of, of all of those things because, you know, in more third world countries, you know, like I have very limited experience, but you know, like the one thing I've always noticed is, you know, people just kind of do, you know, it's not like a mold, you know, it's kind of more like, this is just what kind of has to happen. This is just what it is. This is just what we do. And there's not like just all these like hyper defined boxes and like, you know, you know, living in these hyper defined boxes, it's really hard to be able to navigate a successful life, you know, of like integrity or from a, a solid mental emotional space when, you know, like everything to you just doesn't feel you should be doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we don't fit in that mold, really the, the biggest fear that to overcome is that, uh, or to, we don't completely ever get rid of it because it's a very primal thing, but that fear of rejection, you know, I'm, I'm that mom who cusses like a sailor in her books <laughs> and in her videos and like in my podcast. And that's, and that, that's where I'm at. That's me. You know, I, I'm not going to, censor myself and and maybe if one day I feel like okay this is this is what I want now 
and it and it's different then i'll go there but um a big part of this whole process of freeing myself has been stepping out and testing those um boundaries for myself and seeing what what is true for me what feels true to me outside of the religion the specific religion that i grew up in and the context and being a pastor's kid and a pastor's kid to a drug addict and all kinds of stuff you know it just really had me question a lot like what is real is any of that real and uh, i've been having a lot of these conversations too with people because i went to a um i went to a private christian college and that's where i met my husband and both of us were, were on the same page where we have this show called ruthlessly committed where we've talked about um our, our journey of transformation and our marriage and stuff and there's a lot of uncensored language and people are like, well, are you still like, do you still believe in God? And where do you stand? And they're very concerned. Like we think you might've lost your soul or something I'm like, no, it's, it's okay. You know, but, but to really check in with myself, how do I feel about that? When people say that, am I judging myself? Mm-hmm. Am I doing what's true for me? Am I following what I, what I believe is my path? And, um, it's something that comes up often because of my background and because of our background. Um, but same thing. Deal with that because that seems like it would be a pretty emotionally taxing environment to be able to navigate through. So those are some pretty uncharted waters, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some other people sort of, sort of model this. I think about, um, you know, Katy Perry. So the kind of musical artist that she is and, and where she's at and she was, a like a charismatic preacher's daughter. Um, we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways. I think she's also a seven, an Enneagram seven, <laughs> which we value freedom above everything else. So it makes sense. Um, but no, there, there's no clear cut answer for it. It's just me being secure in my relationship with this bigger power mm-hmm. with, with how I see myself in relation to that and how I am that. And I am an embodiment of that. And, and it doesn't fit into the confines of the particular religion that I grew up in. And the last several years have been a lot of just uh, exploring that and, and getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable with not being liked and not being accepted um, because it just comes with the territory of everything else that I'm doing too. So I think it, it, it has everything to do with what I'm stepping into next. Mm. Um, my next, this album I'm working on right now, it's, um, it's unlike anything I've ever released. And some people will be shocked. Some people might disown me yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. They're not my people. So that's how I, I look at like it. That, that very much too, like what you were saying where the, you know, when you can release yourself of like other people's cast judgment, <laughs> Like that's when I found to be like the happiest in my life is when like other people's judgment, like when you are so secure with who you are as a person, the direction that you want to go in your life and what you want to have in your life. And when that judgment doesn't hit you like daggers, you know, like when it just kind of hits like feathers, that to me is just like, it's a really peaceful spot to navigate in you know, we should all have the opportunity to be able to put whatever we want out there and not have a lot of cast judgment come back. And, you know, like the world that we live in now with social media, it's really easy to be able to cast that judgment, but it's also really easy to be able to be free and say, you know, like, this is, this is my opinion. This is my opportunity to be able to say, this is my, my avenue to be able to show you how free I am as a person, because I want to be able to put this out there knowing that I'm going to feel the harassment and the judgment that comes with it, but I'm okay with that. And so no matter what you bring, I will still keep doing what I'm doing because I'm at peace with that. Yeah. And if we don't judge ourselves and actually I just had a conversation with a friend the other day who was expressing her concern, (laughs) her concern for me. And she, she was, we went to college together and, um, and I said, you know, I understand where you're coming from and that's great. I mean, I, 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 it's not that one path is right or wrong or good or bad. We're just different. And that way of thinking is not me. It's not me anymore. I, I, you know, a lot of different variables, but um, just to, to look at someone and say, 
you know, and accept them for where they're at, to accept her that she, she sees the world the way that she does and not judge her for that. Like, oh, well, I'm so much more enlightened than she is, you know, because then I'm, I, I'm, that's, I don't want that either. But to be able to look at someone and say, okay, cool, you are you and I am me. And when we are radically different and we can actually have a relationship, that is what really intrigues me because I have some friends like that who, who I've, you know, developed relationships with over the years, especially in the music industry and in this coaching world and all that, and in health and fitness that think very differently than I do, different political views, religious views. And yet we can have this connected relationship because there's like a mutual respect and an acceptance. And I, I believe that that only comes from first accepting and respecting ourselves because until we can do that, we're always going to be projecting our stuff onto other people and we're not going to really see them because all of our, our filters are in the way. So, I mean, there's no way that I would have really made it in the entertainment industry, the way that I envisioned myself making it without just getting that one piece mm -hmm. because everything would have gotten in my way and I would have blamed everybody, which I did. Well, you know, like I also find too, that it's like, like people, I, I feel like I, I, well, I guess I only can speak to this on my personal experience that when people ask you your opinion, that they, automatically assume that it more leans towards how you're judging them than how you decide to live your life. Mm -hmm. you know, again, like, you know, we don't have to have like cohesive opinions in life, you know, but we can still get along extremely well, you know, because I only base the decisions that I make on my life based on the opinions that I have, not how you should be able to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we each make our own decisions for our own people, even with even if it means, you know, butting heads with our parents. Isn't that so scary? And it's like this thing, you know, we, we should respect them and, and, and agree with them. But no, we don't. We don't have to. Um, I disagree with my mom on a number of things. Yeah. And we actually have a relationship now. So anyway, I could go on all day about that. But, yeah. um, but the process, the journey of really accepting myself is is where is where I'm, uh, where I'm at right now. Yeah. And, um, extremely really paying attention to that and being aware of that. That's good. Yeah. And you know, and I think, you know, like one thing that I really, I like the first conversation that you and I had was that, you know, you being free and open to be able to talk about these things. Cause it's something that we talked about at the beginning that like, oh, yeah. this is the side that I want people to see not only of me, but of you, but of people like in our positions, you know, because like, yes, like, you know, like we try to be strong on like a daily basis, you know, but like a lot of that's like being strong, like for ourselves. And there's a lot of this, this world that, you know, like we're living in, you know, but there's a very humanizing side, you know, to us and to be able to have conversations like this, you know, and to be able to build better connections with ourselves but other professionals in industry, but then other people understanding like, yeah, again, like we're all humans going through these struggles. We all have these insecurities and we're all finding different management techniques to be able to deal with them. And that's what yeah. I want people to take away from stuff like this is like, they might take a little bit of how I deal with it and a little bit how you deal with it and a little bit how this other person deals with it. And that's how they deal with like everything in their life. And you'll get into more of like this, this wholesome place where they can just be. And just yes. like quality life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and so for me, I, um, I believe that the, the best way that I can really inspire others and lead others is to lead and inspire myself because then they'll see how it, you know, how that operates. I can't do that work for anybody else, but if I do it for myself and then other people see that and they're inspired by that and they, they really pick up on how they can do that for themselves, including my kids. Um, you so people can even inspire other people when they aren't just living or like living their own inspiration. Yeah, you cannot. And see, this is the big reason that I am actually embracing this whole journey to music again, because I kept feeling the pull and this is something I've wanted to do since I was four years old. And I had this belief for a long time that my family vision couldn't coexist with my career vision 
but I'm seeing some greater possibilities in that. So um, it, it, there's, there's a lot I could say about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I would be extremely out of integrity with myself if I didn't follow that. So, so now you get to see that part of my journey unfolding. <laughs> what 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 gets you jacked up it seems like you know you keep bringing it back to music and like you always smile and you laugh like like is that like when you think of like your own inspiration like like what is that to you like where do you draw your your personal inspiration or like like when you get up like obviously music seems like it has a big part of it it does it does but you know what really gets my ass out of bed is thinking about my kids Mm -hmm. Um, when I don't feel like getting up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to do my workout and meditation, my journaling, all this stuff so that I can show up as the best mom I can be because they deserve that. And also I have this pain of how my older two kids didn't get that Mm -hmm. mom. They didn't get to experience that mom. They get the stressed out, overwhelmed, snappy, angry, numbed mom. So that really motivates me to not repeat that. Um, what but do they I, think about the person you are now? What do they think? Yeah, considering they've oh. had they they've had this contract. Yeah. Like, they know, <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, like you're the best. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, but when I know I know that that I'm going to continue expanding, so I'm like, guys, I have not arrived. You know, I will never arrive. I'm just going to keep expanding. But um, but yeah, they 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 love seeing me fully alive and in my element, whatever I'm doing. So what I really want, or really what inspires me, is that aliveness and just my my in my life a lot of that has come from music and from singing and from performing and and imparting that onto other people and so that's a big part of it um that's why you get so lit up about it yeah would you say one of the one of the best maybe unintentional things that you taught your two oldest was the fluidity of personal development and growth oh yeah Oh yeah. Like they're like mini coaches already too. <laughs> they help their friends talk through their, their, their hard stuff and make amends and make commitments and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, they've really gotten to experience all the sides of that. Are, are any of them like in, into the music industry, singing, writing? Yes. yes. With them? Yep. Yep. All of them. Yeah. Dancing, singing, writing. They want to learn how to produce. It's just like never left them. The seven year hiatus that I took. Yeah. Even with that. So our two older kids are writing a song and one of my producers is going to produce it with them. So <laughs> but is it so like excited. awesome though, right? Like again, it's like, you know, you've got out of your own way. You've got reconnected back into something that you love so much, which is then, you know, re- like connected you with your children, something that you also love so much. And now you guys are living like this unified life life in like the areas that make you the happiest yeah and you know what was so so i'm going to another studio tomorrow but just on a few days ago i was at a studio and i took my older kids with me because they really wanted to check out a studio they don't they'd been in the studio but they were like two one years old and um they got so inspired and they were just like like just that look on their faces and that that like energy in the car going back home after that was I can't even put words to it. It was like something was like awakened inside of them again. And they were so excited and like they could feel it from me and I could feel it from them. And it's just like, yeah, something's really stirring up. Yeah. And it's a reflection back on you as a parent too, because you know, I love when parents don't look at children as barriers. Like they're, they're willing to be able to take them to things like that. Cause just think yeah, of the right. opportunity that you gave, you know, to your children to be able to experience, like just open their eyes to life's possibilities, you know, the connection that you yeah. guys had. And then, like you said, the energy you felt on the car ride home and you know, like all those different avenues. And those are all opportunities that a lot of people take away from their children and themselves. Like I, I, I take my children everywhere. People question me on it all the time. I'm like, but I don't know that I, I can't attach my own personal value of what they're going to see based on this experience. But the one thing I always see is them finding some value in it. And that's the mm-hmm. I love. You know, I might not be yeah. able to associate with it. Or they might not be able to articulate it back to me. Mm-hmm. But whenever you see your children with their eyes wide open or just like laughing and giggling and having a good time, 
it's like yeah. those are just such precious moments to me. Yeah, and just hearing the possibility too, because because my um, my kids will, will say, you know what, I I want to be, I think I want to be a singer, I think I want to be a dancer, maybe I want to be an author. I was like, is this is this coincidence that these like I did all these things? I don't, I think not. <laughs> yeah. But I said, what they like? I don't know what to do, and I tell them, why don't why don't you do all of those things? Like, why not experience all of those things? You don't have to be the most professional, best, highest paid dancer that tours with Beyonce, you know, but you can, you can experience that and you can tap into that part of yourself and you can feel alive doing it and not have this whole expectation. Yeah. And that's the part again, like, you know, really wholeheartedly doing it for yourself versus the image of, you know, like if, if the image of being that dancer with Beyonce, if that means the most, you like, think of the anguish you're going to go through, you know, maybe potentially not making it or, you know, like what happens after that fact, you know, but like with you teaching your kids that because that's how you live your life, like where there's, there's this, all this opportunity, like, you know, yeah, write a book, sell a thousand copies. That's still amazing. Like might not sell a hundred thousand, but you know, how many people yeah. think about writing a book and then never do it, you know, but even if yeah. you copies or a hundred copies, you still potentially change people's lives in some kind of way, or you might've just fulfilled that inside yourself which even if you then don't even sell one copy, just knowing that you did that and you accomplished it. Yeah, like you did it. You finished. You started and you finished it and you got a message out there that was on your heart. And yeah. that is worth everything. Absolutely. So, yeah, they're going with, all four of them are going with me to the studio on Saturday. So we'll see how the little ones do. <laughs> That's so fun. How long are you usually at the studio for when you go? Well, this is going to be like an initial meetup. So we're just going to preview some tracks and talk about the vision and all that stuff. Um, so no recording. I think that when I'm actually cutting vocals and stuff, I, I'm not going to have them hanging out because it can be a little tedious and they get bored um, and it can be a little noisy. So, so for that kind of work, I'll, I'll go alone, but for, you know, different performances and a lot of that stuff, they can come along. But even with that, though, it gives them the opportunity to be able to see, like, the admin side behind singing, where it's not just yeah. about getting behind the microphone and, you know, flames shooting up and, like, tanks rolling right. out. And, like, <laughs> Here's right. the performance. So, yeah, yeah. They, they understand there's a little bit of a tedious process to be able to go through to be able to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, the other day they were bored after five minutes. We're like, what do we do? Well, we're going to talk about stuff now. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so you can, you, you can listen and see how this works. Yeah. Are your kids in any sports or like, are they big into the, to sports themselves or is it something they've shied away from or? Like, oh, they're not in any organized sports. No, they, we, we tried to put them in some stuff. We just did not dig it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to force you to play soccer or do ballet or whatever, or jujitsu because you should, because the other kids do it. Um, they just, they love uh, skateboarding and, and riding bikes and, going out on rollerblades and going to the beach. And we just, we do as much as a family as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do not, it's not for me, the life where I'm dropping off my kids at all these different things all day, every day of the week. Um, it just stresses me out thinking about it and they don't have any interest in it. Well, that, and you know, like you guys are spending good quality family time together and the basis around that. So like, because that's how I grew up too. And that's the one thing that I try to bring, you know, like with my girls is that, you know, it's, it's the movement side. It's like the, not just sitting at home and, you know, like getting yeah. stuff. But um, I, I feel like we could really talk about all this stuff for hours, but um, I just, I really want to thank you for coming on the, on the show. And, uh, but I want you to be able to just to, just to spend like another minute and, um, you know, like let people know how to be able to find you, reach out to you, um, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, the whole bit. So, so drop it, throw it in there and then we'll, we'll close this up. All right. Awesome. So, um, for anything sexy mama related, that will be on sexy mama movement.com and it's mama spelled M A M A. And, um, and then I've got my own personal stuff for coaching, acting, modeling books, articles, all that stuff at lucylampy.com. And it's Lucy with an I, Lampy with an E at the end. And, um, and then Facebook, same thing, Lucy Lampy and Sexy Mama Movement. And then on Instagram, I'm mostly on my personal one under Lucy Lampy. So, yeah, yeah I'd love to connect with people. For everybody, that's L-U-C-I-L-A-M-P-E, Lucy Lampy. Yes. Um, do you want to throw out your Ruthlessly Committed? Sure, yeah. So that is all on Facebook. 
Um, we have a site too, but the, the shows and all that are on Facebook under Ruthlessly Committed. Yeah. You want to help out prove it a little bit? Oh, sure. Yeah. Actually, you know what? If anybody wants to talk about ketones or is interested in learning more about how that works in their body, um, you drink the drink and within an hour you're in ketosis. Just an amazing tool that I have in my life. I don't go a day without it now. Um, and they can just get in touch with me personally on either Instagram or Facebook um, or on my website. Yeah. And so if you guys didn't realize there was like the, like the 15 different ways to get a hold of Lucy in like the hundred, <laughs> like kind of like the whole foundation behind the, the sexy mama movement and just killing life at every stage in every way. So again, thank you, Lucy. I really appreciate you coming on and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Blake. It's great being here. Awesome.